0: We're looking for two oil boys who can grease us up before each competition.
1: You do the thing you're scared shitless of, and you get the courage after you do it. That's the way it works. That's the dumbass way to work. It should be the other way around.
0: You'll have to excuse my friend. The town is back that way. You should make a radical change in your lifestyle. I mean, the core of man's spirit comes from new experiences. That's the way it works. Don't worry. We'll catch our break, too.
1: gotta
0: keep our eyes open hello welcome to episode 44 my jersey number in college of the looks like we're lost podcast i am dustin radazel and joining me the other half of the lost boys he loves ranch on his mexican food it's tommy (laughs) cooksy I am the 22 to your
1: 44. Was there anything significant really? about 44? Or no, I wasn't. I was number 11. But was it just like, uh, you know, we're a small college. We have 18 jerseys. You just get what you get. You're an extra large.
0: I was always 32. And Travis Spann was an older guy on the team and had been 32. So I got 44. Okay. Did you
1: make up some reason in your mind as to why 44 made more sense for you?
0: <laughs> no, at that point, like I was, I was left with like bad numbers. It's like, what, you want to be 14? Like yeah. something random, like 26? 14 well, isn't, 26 a isn't a basketball number. number but yeah. you get it. Yeah, it's like at that point, like, hey, it's double. It's, it's kind of alliterative. 4-4. Four, four. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, I, um,
1: I was 11. Actually, I was 8 for a long time. You know Cal Ripken naturally, and naturally. uh and then I jumped to eleven because I won playing Keno a couple times. I don't know if you guys had Keno, and uh, it's a basic mini lottery at at really gross restaurants and gas stations. Um, Familiar with Keno? A lot of fun. And then in in high school, my senior year, someone else we were we also had like you know old limited jerseys, so. They were like, oh, well, you get two. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, well, that's one plus one. That works
0: for me. I can I can handle that. What jersey number would be best for a guy who puts ranch on his tacos?
1: Let's just clarify here. Well, so one, <laughs> I would say ranch on tacos isn't that weird. People put like cilantro ranch and stuff. But to be clear, that, that evening when I splattered for loyal listeners of the podcast, when I Doused myself in half a bottle of uh, uh Costco size ranch dressing. Uh. It was it was Costco size. It was a, and I look. I'm thinking back to it, and I'm like, why did I go to shake it so aggressively? <laughs> it was a really aggressive shake. I mean, it the distance on that, all over the body, also about ten to twelve feet in the other direction. That was to just go on the salad. The tacos had the hot sauce. They had the cheese, they had the lettuce. But I needed a salad and I felt like ranch dressing on a salad pairs better with Mexican. So let let, let, let the uh let the crowd know that I'm not put over there slathering ranch on tacos. <laughs> <laughs> well, Burritos say, maybe. When, Burritos maybe.
0: When you first said it, like it makes sense to me. Like there's a spice to Mexican food that the soothing coolness of ranch would probably pair well with logical and and so even though i'd never tried it like you said i was like yeah i can get that whatever i'm down and then a lot of blowback a lot of blowback and i felt like i let the i let the people down as the other half of this podcast by just letting you say it as if it was (laughs) no big deal
1: it's like if someone was like uh Oh yeah, so then I I grabbed a slice of pizza, dipped it in some ketchup and ate it. And we're all like, yeah. you did what, you serial sure. killer?
0: <laughs> no, you just keep rolling. It's like sounds natural. Tomatoes, tomatoes. Yeah,
1: it Why really not? does. It's uh, totally natural. Well, dude, we, we've uh. been we've been officially
0: recording for a year now. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Not me. Us. <laughs> not me. Not <laughs> me. You know what I love about that meme that I didn't get a chance to say is It perfectly encapsulates everything that is charming about the sexiest man alive. Kansas City native, Paul Rudd. I thought he was from Kansas City. Yeah, Midwestern charm. Great guy. Ageless. He truly is. So, shout out to Paul Rudd. You (laughs) You never expected him to make it when he was just like the boyfriend tagging along and friends. Yeah, he was Who in clueless. Wasn't he in clueless? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look, he was he was fine. I'm sure many a young girl found him fetching. But sure. you didn't expect him to eventually be the sexiest man alive. No,
1: that's quite the um, It's quite the rise to fame. What what is your um, f- Do you have a favorite Paul Rudd movie?
0: Man, that's tough. He's so good in in the supporting role in Forty Year Old Virgin. Yeah, he is. And yeah. unfortunately, like some of his best work, you know how I know you're gay, is no longer like it's a different lens. Like, yeah, i yeah. I almost have to do a self inventory about how hard I used to laugh at that scene. Yeah,
1: I do the same thing um, with almost anything from Austin Powers. <laughs>
0: yeah. So I don't. Uh, I love the Marvel Universe, but, like, Ant-Man can't really be my favorite Paul Rudd movie. You know, it's more of a Marvel movie first. Okay. I I almost feel like you have to start falling into I Love You, Man.
1: Love You, Man is really
0: good. It's probably Knocked Up. Knocked Up is probably... He plays a little bit against type. You know, he's frustrated with his marriage. Like, seeing a guy that charismatic being kind of a douche and yet pulling it together at the end it's like it's a full character i'm in for that
1: i can i can get that you know i think i had almost forgotten he was in i love you man but low-key one of my favorite movies that he's in is probably um role models
0: oh yeah it's
1: great i mean it was really um oh what was what's i mean he's just stiffler. sean william scott <laughs> <Just> man stiffler. <laughs> It was kind of his last hurrah, wasn't it? He kind of, he's faded into the mist since then.
0: Yeah, I don't know if that came before or after Southland Tales. But he kind of, you know, uh, what's the what's the first one with The Rock? The Rundown? Mm-hmm. Great Sean Williams Scott movie. It is. Yeah. There was, he's, actually, uh, I'm, I'm looking back
1: now. There was there some pretty, he had a good run in the mid-2010s. This is the end. Um the Anchormans. This is oh, forty yeah. Brian Fantana's good. Yeah.
0: This yeah. is forty sequel to knocked up.
1: I never saw uh the perks of being a wallflower, but I'm interested.
0: Hmm. I didn't see that either. That's like uh young teen fiction turned into a movie, right? yeah i'd probably love it those things pull at my heartstrings anything involving like teenage kids and like strong emotional angst yeah oh yeah a sucker
1: what what was that movie and this is i mean we're getting now we're starting to starting to dig deep here but there was that movie about about a kid and it was filmed over like 14 years and it like it had oh, this boyhood boyhood that one got me richard link later
0: yeah, when Ethan Hawke comes in as the father figure, like, later in life, and he's Ethan still, Hawk. like, handsome Hawk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, the the Ethan Hawke-Richard Linklater combination, very strong. I'm, uh, oh, I'm a big good. fan. Same uh, same combo that did the Before Sunrise trilogy. Don't know that one, but uh, I'm really thankful. Oh, dude. I'm
1: just really thankful that um, there's at least one of us on this podcast that knows movies. I know movies, (laughs) man.
0: You do. Come at me. Ethan uh, Hawke. You should. So, Richard Linklater, first of all, you should get into a lot of his movies. But the Before Sunrise series, just top-notch date night material. All it is is like a single day in the life of these two people. They start off just randomly running into each other. And similar to Boyhood... They do it in real time. They jump forward like nine years, nine years as the movies progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like you're aging with the two main characters, and you just get like one day that kind of like updates you on where they're at.
1: Interesting. I'm looking it now. 1995 was before sunrise. 2004 before sunset. 2013
0: before midnight. I so mean, so good.
1: Th- this guy. Is people a big are fan uh, of people are
0: terrified. People are terrified because the female lead, Julie Delpy, is maybe out for 2023. And It's like, no. don't do that to us. What, what we would need they, this.
1: So we have before sunrise, before sunset, before midnight. Was it next one?
0: Before sunrise again? <laughs> before before mid morning brunch? I don't know. Like you got to get to. I don't know. Nah, before you could do it after. You could. You could do like an after, an after sunrise. I don't know, an after midnight. You just switch up that first word, you know. (laughs) You're back in it, and also it makes sense if you're on the back end of life. You know, it was before; now it's after. You could get poetic, but anyway, speaking so they're they're good. Speaking of time passing, yeah, you're right. This is it one year we started recording the first podcast, the Gratitude Pod mm-hmm. uh, right before Thanksgiving in 2020, and we made it one year later forty four episodes in fifty two weeks not bad you know we're busy guys we are yeah the re- I feel the pretty real good ac- about it. the
1: real accomplishment is probably. Uh, you being able to pin me down for basically forty-four consecutive weeks because I can be a little—I yeah. can be a little bit uh, elusive, me- mercurial. Yeah, I thought you were saying going to compare me to a meerkat, but uh...
0: <laughs> no. Although. Let's face it, if we were Timon and Pumbaa, you would be Timon.
1: I mean, that goes, really goes without saying. <laughs> <laughs>
0: there's, there's no question. You know, nope. honestly, if you had to pick two animated characters that were buddies, it's it's hard to find a better match. Uh,
1: I was, I'm going to do some really hard thinking
0: about that one because that's pretty spot on. <laughs> it's almost embarrassingly so. I'm surprised <laughs> it just came to us. So I figured what we'd do, so the very first pod was named Gratitude. We're here again. It's been a good year. Uh, Throughout all these podcasts, we've run up routinely into gratitude as like an underlying emotion that is both an escape from the things that are, you know, we're anxious and fearful about, but also an on-ramp towards like empathy for others, um, how to appreciate the lives that other people lead and the choices they make. And so, you know, I didn't look I didn't go back and listen to podcast one. I don't have the I don't have the stomach for that. Yeah. It's always yeah. tough to see yourself do something for the first time. Yeah. But I did think we would do like a little Godfather esque to piggyback the movie talk and do a gratitude part two.
1: Yeah. I wonder it be uh, interesting to see if like what it would be interesting to do a, a a Venn diagram and see what overlap there is. Well, there's going to be I
0: would think there'd be a lot. You know what? Yeah. After we record this one, I'll go back and listen to number yeah. 1. Yeah. Yeah. I um
1: you know, it's funny too because, you know, the first one, I don't know about you, but I came with like notes. Like <laughs>
0: Mhm.
1: And it's sort of evolved. Like, even now when we have have guests on, it really feels good to just kind of
0: free flow with them. Yeah. I'm happy to be free of the rigor. But, like a lot of things, you don't get to be free of the rigor until you've applied it. Yeah. Like, in the beginning, I think, like, doing all the notes, like, planning questions, like, trying to prepare. Like, it was really helpful. It. Made us think a certain way. But now it's like, if I write all those notes, I'm going to be off them in five minutes anyway. And then I'm either honoring the conversation. It's more like a safety net. And maybe if it was just me, I would still do it. But the fact that we're both on the podcast, like one of us is going to say something. We're wordsmiths. Just wordsmiths over here. Yeah. I'll,
1: I'll blurb something up. So it's it's interesting if we, as we kind of do this, like a year ago, what, we were just beginning to see the light at the end of the tunnel of COVID. You know, it was 20, it was, it would have been November, 2022. We had all sort of lived in confinement for, you know, eight months, seven months at that time. And uh, at that point, I think probably both of us had already received. no. There was no vaccine nope. available. No,
0: no vaccine. So we
1: were just kind of doing this, and there were still no like. I don't think you guys were even really
0: leaving the house besides like grocery shopping, right? Nope, weren't leaving the house at all. Um, we and our grocery shopping would already turn it into just a pickup. Yep. not even going in. Yeah, um, we were still worried about me being immunocompromised. Katie mm-hmm. was like seven, eight months pregnant. Yeah uh, So Yeah it's a whole it's, um, it's always amazing How long and short One year is I know Like it seemed like it, That was not very long ago But also so much has happened So much has changed It's another reason I kind of like these things Like I I usually get it When I write the kids Their birthday letter mm-hmm. I noticed this Over the last few years But Or sometimes on a birthday, like, because Katie will ask me, like, what was your favorite part about being 35, right, when I turned 36? I'm like, oh, well, shoot, let me think about that. Mm -hmm. And you realize, like, a lot happened. Yeah. Like, so much occurs. And you just kind of forget about it because you just keep rolling. Yep. So, you know, I think it's in the show Billions. Uh, One of the characters says, if we don't mark the milestones, we're just passing with the years. I so like here that. We are. That's Paul Giamatti in that show, right? Yeah, that's a fun show, man.
1: I haven't seen it yet. I've heard it's really
0: good. It is. It's a blast. It's it's once you figure out that it's also a comedy, mm-hmm. it's just great. No, like it's supposed to be fun. I'll put it on the
1: list. I'll put it on the list of all the other other ones that we're watching. But yeah, man, it just just frame of mind. I'm like that's. You know, November 2022, we're sitting there thinking, OK, well, the holidays are definitely going to be different. Um, no real trips planned yet. I mean, I think we had a trip to Mexico planned, but I was still sitting there on the fence like, where are we going to go? Are we not going to go? Does it even make sense? Is it worth the risk? No vaccine is available. Right. So it's like, well, there's also that the news is still
0: covering it 24 seven. It's A little different now.
1: A little bit different. When do
0: you, th- when do you think you were like, because right now I feel totally adjusted to COVID. I don't feel like there's anything I want to do that I can't really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, my life is, I'm not checking like international travel plans and things like that. I have no right. idea what, what the real barriers are, but I can pretty much do all the things I want to do now. I, I found myself really irritated on Sunday. I'm in my rec basketball game. We've been playing out without masks for months. We think somebody put in a complaint and like the director came out and we all had to put masks on to play the second half of the game. Yeah. Within the very first play, everybody is just wearing the chin diaper. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And just playing with the mask like hanging around their ears. Yep. No, No coverage whatsoever. But like I don't feel like there's really any barrier between me and life anymore. I agree with that. I don't know when that really changed. It just kinda happened.
1: For I think getting the vaccine for us was a was a big turning point. And then that first uh we actually was that this year? Gosh, dude, now I'm trying to like think. We went to Disney this year. Did we go to Disney? Dude, I think we went to Disney this year. You loved Disney. You went. We went to Disney this year. After that was sort of that moment where it's like, yeah, this now we're getting into a point where we're feeling like we know it's going to be around it, you know, maybe not quite as I mean, it's dangerous. Don't get me wrong, but, you know, maybe not quite as severe as some media outlets hyped it up to be now that it's sort of under control with vaccines and stuff. And so I think, you know, I've had. Personally, I've had to stop worrying about it because I'm the kind of person that I'm black and white. So if I'm if if it's if it's the worst thing in the world, then I can't do anything, right? Mm. So, yeah, it feels good to maybe almost have it in the rearview mirror, dude. I don't know, but it feels like we're getting close. It feels like we're getting close, man.
0: You know what? It seems like is a weird opinion to have that almost no one has, but it seems to me to be the accurate opinion about COVID. What's that? is in theme with this this podcast title. It's like I'm really grateful that COVID is not that bad. Yeah. And obviously there's a lot of the judgment falls on the words not that. Yeah. Right. It's like I think when it came out we thought that was going to be like devastating, like wiping out entire families. And it's not that bad. Like, I've had friends who have lost people. I've had severely hospitalized family members that we were afraid we were going to lose. But for the most part, like, I, I haven't lost that many people to COVID. It's not yeah. that bad. And I, I feel like if you can put yourself in that mindset that we were all in 15 months ago, even, like, it was, it was a really scary thing. And now it's just not that scary. And you don't hear that many people who are like, man, isn't isn't it great that it wasn't that bad? Yeah,
1: you're right, man. You're right. And, you know, that's not to minimize the people that, you know, it did impact pretty negatively, right? But you're right. I mean, it's... Science has been fantastic. It produced a vaccine, right? And, um, you know, it's also highlighted, like, the importance of overall general health. Hmm.
0: And maybe it's a wake-up call for, for the world. I don't know. Probably not. but um, I'm not holding my breath, even no. though I could for a long time because I'm now in fantastic shape. <laughs> yes, you could. So I made a, uh, a quick little impromptu list of a few things that I am grateful for, not to okay. be, let's go around the table. But do you have anything that you've thought about at all? What, why don't do you, you go lead back off? and forth, or do I, just, I didn't like, talk about my stuff
1: because I didn't make a
0: list? It's it's short. I got four. I got four bullets. Yeah, start laying them out there, and I'll. All uh, right. Uh, the first one I'll keep real short because it's what we just talked about. I find myself, and this has been coming on more and more since cancer, but. Like with everything I, each subsequent physical challenge and even the practice of this podcast repeatedly, I find myself really grateful for my body and mind. And I think a lot of people think of their mind and their body and they think that is them. I do not have that relationship with my body and mind. Like they are, I think I am my consciousness. I feel like I am separate from this shell, and I i feel like my brain often surprises me. It has ideas, it comes to understandings, and I get to feel delight by its adaptability, by my body's resiliency, and I feel like I'm, I'm in a partnership with these things that help me navigate the world. And this might be a little bit of the the young parent in me talking, but I feel kind of proud of them. Like, I, like, like a parental pride that they've, they've taken on some things and they're ticking. And I'm, I'm really enjoying the growth of these last few years. And so, yeah, I think that's a positive thing for me to keep on making good decisions is to have that relationship. Yeah, I like that, man.
1: Yeah, I, I would say yeah, and so and, you know, not to piggyback on it, but that's that's where I was going first. Is this time last year I was kind of looking at my looking into my first ever real surgery um, on my you know my right shoulder, and I was really nervous about it. Even though I had seen like my brother had a similar surgery, Quint had a more invasive surgery. Like they they came through, but I just. I was nervous about going under anesthesia. I was nervous about how my shoulder would feel the next, you know, the day I woke up. And I was nervous about the road to recovery. Would it ever feel the same? And there were definitely some points along the way in like June and July where there was just felt like there was a little bubble right there outside of my clavicle, Mm -hmm. right on the, right on the AC joint. And I was like, you know, I'm like, well, did I stop doing PT too soon? Are there more exercises I can do? Is it ever going to feel normal or is this going to be the normal? Um, and, you know, you saw I, this past week, I, I, uh, even though I almost sworn off doing, uh, you know, the Olympic lift, the snatch,
0: Can't um, quit it.
1: you know, I, we, we, you know, I worked into some overhead squats and everything felt really good in the shoulder. And so, you know, hit a pretty solid weight for me. It was over my body weight and, You know, today I'm just, you know, regular sore, not like joint painful sore. And uh, I'm just, you know, again, kind of like you, I'm thankful for a body that is able and capable. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I posted the first thing one of my uncles says is you don't need to be messing around with that stuff. Don't don't lift heavy. Your body's not made to do that. Snatch some beers. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Because alcoholism is better than lifting heavy weights. Like, I don't know what you mean by this.
0: (laughs) I have never understood the mindset of somebody who gets upset. Like, not even upset, but like they see you do something physical and they're like, oh, what a waste. Why why would you? Yeah. It's, like, I don't get it at all. Like, I feel. Like I said, maybe it's because I view this more as a partnership. Like yeah. I get pumped when I do things I wasn't able to do before. Yep. My body does things it wasn't able to do before. It's like it kinda gives me like hope for my direction. Yeah. And like a pride of my existence. Yeah. It's like it's funny. Even if you weren't even if you weren't that way, why would you be
1: like <laughs> it's Dogging funny he's, somebody who was and this you know this is my you know he's one of my my dad's kind of middle brothers I love the guy he's hilarious yeah but he's also like he, he's almost he'll probably he's got to be damn near 70 and he's still like like uh like kite surfing I'm like dude you talking to me about yeah. this lifting weights and you're out there throwing your body around in a kite like which is more dangerous but it's uh but anyway, yeah, I, I thought it was so funny. It's like, I I don't know, man. I, I don't know what to tell you. There's a lot of science behind, you know, moving some solid weight, getting your heart rate up. It's a boomer mentality, man.
0: <laughs> Freaking boomers. Yeah.
1: Somehow <laughs> anyway. they didn't
0: make my list here. <laughs> yep. So, which is darn. amazing. Darn. We wouldn't be here without them.
1: We would not. That's, That's very a
0: very literal truth. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine just like... We're just going to hold off and hope that some very old people, like you just like have a last batch of babies and like, I don't know. If we just, if we had a last batch here in 2022 and then we just hold off until like those kids are 30 and now it's like, okay, you have to make all the new babies. We just skipped a generation or two like that.
1: Uh, well, who, who are you? Uh, Abraham? Like you're know, <laughs> you have a baby when you're I'm 90 or whatever. I'm getting all biblical, biblical theology now, man. Although I probably missed the name. It Was it Abraham? Yeah. Abraham God, was old
0: it. when he had kids. I nailed it. Real old.
1: Yeah. Super His old. wife was 90.
0: Yeah. Just real geriatric pregnancy. But hey. <laughs> it worked. Same so humanity. Boy, it definitely worked. So the second thing on my list, which is pretty simple but has grown in complexity as we added a second child this year and that's just the gratitude for a spouse that wrestles with me i think like we've been talking about you and i have been talking about that term like wrestling with ideas and like you either hold a thing close or you let it go and i i look at the way that Katie and I have begun to grapple with ideas and conclusions about the way we need to be when we do certain things with the kids, with each other. Uh, And, man, it spans the gambit on, like, every single aspect of a relationship. And I think it's easy to think of wrestling with another person and think that, like you're trying to win this match. But when you're locked in a lifelong wrestling match, you eventually figure out, like, oh, there isn't a winner or loser here because it doesn't end. Like, what we're trying to do is perfect the craft of this engagement. And I think we've gotten a lot better, uh, even as it hasn't gotten easier. We had... I'll share this story because it's so silly. And a perfect example of like a thing that just kills people who are around each other too long. So we're at Katie's parents' house. Her brother and sister-in-law are there. Her parents are there. And we're kind of spread out in a big room. All the kids are running around. There's six kids. And I, I pick up my book and – I open a page, I get about maybe a sentence in, and like I kind of peek up and like I see Katie looking at me while everybody else is like distracted and like signaling for me to put the book down like don't read right now, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. and so i I shut it, I put it away, and I just sulk i just oh pout. I can see I it. get <laughs> I get real grumpy It's Like what do you mean I can't do what I want to do And I get over it in like I don't know 5-10 minutes life goes on I might have made one like offhanded jab Just yeah. to, like really let her know I was not pleased So we get in the car On the drive home Then Maybe the next day Two days later whenever it was And uh, we start talking about it Like could I have just let it go faster? Like, why did it, why was it even an issue? Was it like, that I really wanted to read so bad? Was I actually annoyed by hanging out with the people in the room? Was it that I felt like she treated me differently when other people are around versus like, if we were both just at home, she definitely would have let me read. Like, is this why, like, do I not want to visit the in-laws anymore? If this is the way I'm going to get treated, like the whole thing, right? Yeah. We just went all the way through it. And like as i'm saying it you can hear how unimportant my opinions of this are right like and it's not a big thing at all but like i feel like those are the exact situations that you either learn to talk about well yeah and sort out and make commitments in the moment to each other and i think we did an awesome job of it like that conversation is dumb as it sounds right now like we we probably cracked at it for about 20 minutes and we both came away saying nice things to each other and felt like more committed to understanding the other person's perspective if we find ourselves in something like that again yeah and the the more i get to know like guys who are going through longer marriages and i think that's rare i think it is tough to talk to people about the things that are both mundane and meaningful yeah. And I something like can I read my book here when this place is a madhouse? Just like encapsulated it. So I couldn't be I couldn't be happier to be in the relationship I am in That that's and, a good call out. And I think that's a g you're right, that's a good that's a good
1: point because it, you know, you, if you don't bring those things to the surface, you end up having the thousand paper cuts, right? It's like little things here, little things there. It creates resentment. You start to create a story about why that person said or how they said a certain thing. And if you just put it out there on the table, even if it causes a little bit of a scuffle, it's better that than it all boil and then there's a capsized ship, right? You rock the boat a little bit to make sure that the, the boat's sturdy.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, similar but in a different way. Like I, I think I, I, you know, one of the things I'm thankful for is the absolute turmoil in my household. And um ah, that's a good I was, one. I was listening to the uh, was it is it uh, Paul Bloom on the Dak that Shepard.
0: episode. He's really Loved good
1: it. on the Dak Shepherd po- on the uh, Armchair Experts podcast. And he's you know the 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 question came up or the study came up about uh, our parents. You know, do kids make you? Happier or something to that effect. And he said, for the most part, the answer is no. (laughs) Like no one stops in the moment when both kids are screaming and you're trying to cook dinner and, you know, one's taking a dump. The other one bumped his head on the table and, you know, you just took your first bite of steak or whatever. But, you know, it's, you know, and I talk about this all the time. It's like we we didn't know each other a decade ago. Now we've created literal life and they are us and they are the best parts of us and they are the strongest willed parts of us. And sometimes they're the (laughs) the worst parts of us, but they're us. And the fact that there's turmoil means that they're healthy. It means that they feel safe to be themselves, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And, uh, you know, I mean, every there's, that's why there's tweets and memes about it. It's like, you know we spend 45 minutes sometimes an hour doing bedtime and I'm always mm. torn between, you know, like the sto- or the, um, the Jordan Peterson don't raise a kid that other people hate or something like that. And also, you know, the stoics around, um, why are you in such a rush? Like, what are you hurrying this for? Right. You won't always have bedtimes, and then you go through the bedtime, and it's like you're bouncing from one room. You're not quite there yet, but you will be. You're going from one room to the next one, and they're telling you about their day, and you know, it's the same story as the day before. There's you know not much difference. And you finally get done with it, and you're like, oh, my God, I can breathe. And then after like 20 minutes of watching some show or something, you and your wife are sending pictures that you took of each other, <laughs> or t- took of the kids yeah. throughout the day, you know. So I'm thankful for the turmoil. I'm thankful that when we go on road trips, it's not easy. But in the same token, I'm also thankful for the weekend that Andy and I got to spend away, and reconnect, and kind of plot out, you know, look at the pat, look at this past year, plot out the next year. Um, and of course, you know, we walk right back into it. We pick them up from the grandparents, and the first 30 minutes in the car is just blood curdling screaming about nothing and everything. So, you know. I think that's, mm. that, that's way up there. That's certainly above my, you know, probably my, my body, but
0: you know, keep on t- on tone with the conversation. Dude, that is, I'm not going to touch it, but let me say that is a fantastic thing to be grateful for.
1: It came to me in that, po- when I was listening to that podcast, right? Like the way he said, he's like, cause it's all about suffering, right? Like suffering is an essential part of a human existence. Mm -hmm. And not, not that raising kids is suffering, but you do sacrifice pieces of yourself in order to make these little people, you know, functioning members of the family and ultimately
0: of society. Well, Katie and I, she recommended that episode to me and I listened to it and then we've probably talked, I bet we've logged an hour of conversation does branch straight off of that podcast? Yeah, it was really good. Great recommendation in general. Uh, there we but go. But one of the things that little hiccup in the audio. Yeah. One of the things that I've that suffering and relief, like that yin and yang between those two emotions, like for me especially, like I feel those very poignantly like when i was it goes back to high school probably the first time i i said to somebody like there's no better sensation on the planet than relief like relief is the best yeah and like to get that you've got to get in touch with some suffering like it's and if you start like playing that that push and pull of dopamine around the suffering and relief, like it leads to a lot of behavioral issues, right? But some really good, some really harmful. Uh, but I've, I already put his uh, the sweet spot. I believe is the name of Paul Bloom's yeah. book. Put it yep. in the queue. Gonna. I, I told Katie as soon as I listened to it, I was like, I got to read this guy's book. Yeah, he was. I mean, money on so many things. Yeah, Uh, the. Last one I have, and then like a real quickie before we get into the segments, is we haven't talked about it a lot, but uh, when it comes to drinking, and I hope this is true when I say it, I'm thankful for me that I hit my bottom so early in life. And it could be easy to say that like, Hey, you know, your early thirties, you did a lot of damage before that. But I went to a meeting this last weekend and over COVID, I just haven't been going to many 12 step meetings. So it'd been a long time. I went to one and I got into this room of a bunch of people in Hickory, North Carolina, average age, probably like 65, you know, and it's the the week before Thanksgiving. Holidays are coming up. And so many of these people were going around, like, talking themselves into the way they're going to handle the holidays. In and, and the positive sense you usually get in these rooms. But so much estranged family. I got a son I don't talk to. You know, I can't go to family dinner because me and my brother haven't talked to each other in 18 years. Right. It's like the and for me, man, the most heartbreaking ones are the the dads who just like can't be around their kids anymore because they taught their kids to use, you know, whether it's drink or drugs. And now their kids are still using and they got sober and like can't be around that messes with. Yeah. Them. Yeah. And like that. Like it could have been worse. Like when I think about Walter and Winnie and the things I want for them and like how much of my personal sense of self satisfaction is wrapped up in knowing I did the best I could for them God devastating stuff to hear about so similar to like being thankful for the chaos of the home to a degree like I'm I'm thankful for some of the I'm thankful that that those bad things that were mostly self-inflicted. I'm thankful that I got them before the real important stuff started happening. You know, mm-hmm. back back then it was just me. Yeah. It was just me. You know. And thank God nobody else got hurt. You know, I probably bruised some personalities. <laughs> I don't I don't want to minimize the damage <laughs> of my own behavior, but man it could have been it could have been way worse. it dodged a bullet yeah that's so, good. It's a hard one to reconcile with, man and thanks for sharing that well, at some point we'll have to deep dive some of the twelve step stuff because i've been it's an odd thing. it comes up fairly often, like in my life when I'll say something about like yeah, I went to rehab a few years back or uh you know you you bring up that you know, you go to an AA meeting here or there and like people, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think like they find a way to message you, text you, grab you and like, Hey, uh, is that as weird as I think it is? Or like, you know, I've got, I got 90 days. It's going great. And they want to share it with you. It's like, buckle up, buddy. Like (laughs) 90 days, like it's going to be rough. Yeah. But you know, it's a wide range of experience, and I think it's a hard thing for people to talk about, and, heck, I know it's been hard for me to talk about in the past, so. Yeah. You know, down down the road on the pod, we should dive into it a little Yeah, more. man. I would love to, when you're comfortable with it. I've got one more, and then we'll get into the segments. Do yeah, you man. you have anything you'd like to throw into the hat first.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'd be remiss not to mention like my, you know, my gratitude for my wife, in in very similar ways. I guess why it's hard for me to say much more because you know you said it very well, but um, to have found somebody that is both a perfect match and also carries some qualities that are quite the opposite, and in a lot of cases because of that, admirable to me, um, makes is something that I'll be, you know, eternally grateful for. It pushes me out of my zone. It pushes me to do things that I wouldn't normally do. Um but it's also, you know, when when we have something that we need to talk about, being able to do that in a <clears throat> you know, open, mature way um is really something that you know, that you hear that all the time before you get married, you know, communication is the key. It's like I got a communications minor, baby, I'm going to ace this marriage, (laughs) but like, you know, really finding a way to speak with your spouse, um, in a way that brings you closer together, even though sometimes it feels like in the moment you're ripping apart, you're you're at at odds on something, um, is really a a, a true, you know, true blessing and something that, like I said, you said it really well. Um, So I'll just double state it and triple stamp a double stamp
0: and say that I'm also very grateful for that. Do you think that Annie will realize your lack of sincerity since you were the second person to say it?
1: Um, No, because I'll just tell her to play it back from about whatever minute we're on right now and I'll tell her to start there like Memento and then start back to the beginning and then
0: we'll piece it all together. Yeah, yeah. Just skip that first part, just
1: hubbub. Talk about sports
0: and other stuff. We don't need to listen to it. I'm glad you saw that movie. And also it begs the question, what was your major in college? Uh marketing. <laughs> oh, About beautiful. as
1: generic as it could be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went in it was like, you know, you're from a small town, it's like you go to college to get a degree that you can use. So. Yeah, Memento. I I, I took a a film class or no, a said a film class, some some class around film and the um the teacher or the professor was really into that movie. Really. In, and we watched the whole thing and it was awesome. Who is Sandy yeah, Jenks? Who is Sandy Jenks? Yeah. Sandy Jenkins. Sandy Jenkins.
0: Yeah. Remember Sandy Jenkins? Yes. Yeah. What yeah it is. The uh, Christopher Nolan movies they are just like perfect little puzzle boxes. Um, my last thing. And after a year of podcasting, I'd be remiss if I didn't say it. I am grateful for this friendship with you. Hey, me too, man. I It's not something that I think mostly because we're separated, we're never longer like in an office together or playing kickball together, some of these things. I don't feel it is like this ambient presence in my life, but I can tell like when we meet up at Bible study, like when we're in a group of people, and i can feel a difference in the way that i feel that i know you versus the way i know these other people yeah and i think that i also in in knowing like look i didn't know what your major in college was just now i don't mean how, like how important is mean, that <laughs> right <laughs> right i don't mean like the facts and stats i i mean it similar to what i said about like Someone to wrestle with, like in my regard for Katie, it's like, I know that whatever I throw at you, even if you say something that back, which is disagreeing with me or telling me I'm dead wrong, I know that the thing you're saying underneath all that, even without saying it is thank you for sharing. Yeah. And that has been awesome for me. And it's why it's been easy for me to do a podcast a week, give or take eight weeks. Yep, for the year. Yeah, man.
1: Well, I appreciate it, and and it, um, I you know, I couldn't agree more. And and you know, a lot of your rumination as you speak very slowly, um, coming to your thoughts. But no, it helps me to stretch where my mind's going, right. Like like I mentioned when we talked to Garrett, Garrett was like a, he's like I'm not an intellectual, <laughs> and he's like I'm the opposite of you. I fall somewhere in between, right? And and when when I'm pushed, and I know on a weekly basis I'm gonna have to be sharp and 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 uh, you know focus on a conversation for an hour or hour and a half or 45 minutes, whatever it is. And it's not like we've just covered like how are the Chiefs and Cowboys doing. Right. I it, think like it's been, in t- it's been some pretty oh, intense. Well, we we don't know need to the touch answer that. to that question. We don't need to touch that. Don't need to touch it. Don't <laughs> need to touch that. But, uh, but yeah, man, I, I've appreciated it. And um, I agree. Like when we get together, there's definitely like a knowing of each other. We've kind of been inside each other's heads for, you know, a full year now. So it's, it's been, it's been a lot of fun and I'm on board to continue, man. Looking forward to it.
0: Well, I hope you wear a condom because I've got a dirty mind.
1: And I said I would have been inside your head. I knew you were going somewhere with it.
0: <laughs> Super bad, great you know, movie. I,
1: I'm, I'm a really, uh, I'm a really big fan of those. Um, you know the beanies that like the current trend is to wear them like right on top of your head. You're, you live close to downtown. Yep. You know what I'm talking about. The fisherman's oh, caps. I know. Well, I know. Annie, Annie hates them. And you need a certain type of head to wear these types of things. And my head is not that type so I feel like that's the Steve Zissou look though it is the Steve Zissou <laughs> you look I love it you know, it's great on Halloween it's not great for other times of the year the uh my I, I've told you before my head is six and seven seven eights dude that is literally the smallest adult size fitted hat you can buy <laughs> so when you put a little compressed hat just at the top that's why when you said condom and brain I was like that's what it looks like on top of my head <laughs> <laughs> so Great way, anyway, man.
0: Great way to diffuse the awkwardness of two men telling each other they care for each other.
1: Hey dude, let's rub some chest yeah. hair out. We're a condom <laughs> bro.
0: <laughs> Alright, segments. Let's go. Segments. The We're Not Really Strangers. Self-Reflection Edition card pack. We've been working through it all year. Question this week is whose life seems most fulfilling to me what does their life look like whose life seems most fulfilling to me what does their life look like
1: this the, is a tough one for me it was tough for me too because there you know there I've, to, for me there's two there's there's not but when you look at it initially there's two sides to this coin it's either going to sound really cocky or it's going to sound really ungrateful right like it's gonna like like if you just like oh look look how nice you know and we've we've said it probably a dozen times in this podcast comparison is the thief of joy um and a lot of what we've worked towards i won't say i'm completely there yet you know because it's just we're humans is to uh you you can you can fix me here when I say this, but it's like to be satisfied where you are and with what you have. Mm-hmm. It's not happiness, right? Contentment. We've talked about how contentment has this negative stigma, but is that not like the ultimate goal? Um. So
0: maybe there's a certain. Well, we don't type. talk about yeah. the name. We don't talk about the name of this podcast too much anymore, but the whole idea of looks like we're lost is you can look at anybody. And, you know, there's no obvious way, direction in this life. I mean, the planet is a freaking globe. Mm-hmm. You know, walk the whole thing and end up back right where you are. Like, there's there's no finish line. There's no eternal beach. It's just, you live a life, right? And the only difference between being lost And exploring is a sense of adventure. And that is something you manufacture inside yourself, right? So Mm -hmm. this whole idea of like, am I satisfied? Am I fulfilled? Do I look at someone else and see a life that is most fulfilling? Like to look at somebody else and see that, like, oh, that'd be more fulfilling than my life. It creates a deficit. Mm -hmm. And so you try to avoid that, right? Like you try to just compare you to you. Like when I look at a race time i don't look at you know the world records and say well that's a good time and anything i run is garbage i look at what i've done bet i've done in the past and i try to do a little bit better yeah you know progress over time you know what i think if i if i really as you're saying that
1: probably for me is I mean, it would be like myself, but it would be various versions of myself. Mm. And there are definitely moments in life when you feel that sense of total fulfillment, right? Like all the boxes are ticked: married, you know, just had a kid, you're doing great in the, in your job, your faith is on point, you're in the gym five days, and and there's moments in life when all of those things are just tick, 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 tick. And then life has this way of saying, well, you can't do that one right now. You're having shoulder surgery. Eh, you know, you're going to have a bad sales year, right? Whatever it is. But, but finding that, finding the, the place where, or at least conjuring up the feeling of fulfillment, even when all those boxes aren't ticked, is kind of what, I feel like I'm always working towards, right? To to look at, to take a step back. Like you said, you know, your, your mind and your body are not you, you are with them. To be able to take a step back and look at the life from a kind of holistic approach and just say, okay, well, yes, this part is not where I want it to be. But this part is really ramped up right now. And there's a lot of fulfillment in that. And so I think just... Just jumping from lily pad to lily pad of fulfillment. It's not any other person. I think I'm I think I'm pretty well beyond that. I mean, sure, hey, would I like to own some properties? Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to be able to retire and just manage properties. But I'm not there yet, and I know I'm not I know I'm not there yet. And so I'm not see I'm not like lusting over someone else's life. It's more so mm-hmm. people like that I'm looking at them like for a mentor, right? Not Like, oh, if I just had that life, if I just had that, because you recognize, man, we've done enough of these conversations with each other. We've had, you know, what, a dozen or so people on the podcast. Everyone grapples with something and they wrestle with something, right? So I don't really have an answer to the question, but that's, (laughs) that's why I landed on it.
0: I like that. And it's probably the most honest answer, um, I did try. As always, the first person who jumped into my mind is the same person who jumps into my mind when any question comes up, and that was Dwayne the Rock Johnson. That's but right. A, a ridiculous, <laughs> like nothing. Nothing I do in structuring my life looks anything like his life. Nope. And I don't want to own an energy drink company or a tequila distillery. Nope. Like I've got no interest in those things. But the reason I thought about him is what I do like about what he does is he takes his position, and he just monetizes stuff he's already into. So it's like, yeah, I like listening to headphones while I work out. Oh, uh, of the Rock (laughs) brand of headphones. (laughs) Right, exactly. Oh, I wear these shoes when I work out. Oh, my own brand of shoes. So like, there's something there, but no, ridiculous comparison. The next person after I thought a little bit about it was... Haruki Murakami.
1: Oh, the runner, right? He wrote right?
0: the book. Yep, what I talk about when I talk about running. He is considered an iconic Japanese novelist. And so, basically, he just writes and runs. And I, and I felt so bonded to the way this guy approached life when I read that book of his that I was like, man, he's he's got it, you know? He makes a living doing what he loves. He breaks away from that by like exhausting himself physically so he can like experience some of that suffering and relief paradigm we talked about. Yep. And you know, according to him it sounds like he's got a great relationship with his wife. Like even now he's in his 70s and he's got a book coming out that all it is is essays about t-shirts he's loved and people are pumped about it. That sounds wait.
1: fantastic. I'm a big t-shirt guy. That might be where I jump in with him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. I was like, I would love to just write about great t-shirts I've had in my life. Yeah. That sounds awesome. I have some. That's very relatable. So, and you know, plus he spends most of his time living in Kauai, which terrible, fantastic. Terrible. Right? That's That's awesome. So, he's probably like, if my life could look like anyone else's... That might be it. But then the fulfilling part here, I I think this is probably, probably like the honest answer for a future me, even though like, I don't know yet. My life will have to get there. I think about my friends who have great relationships with their dads and I'm not jealous of my friends. I'm jealous of their dads. Yeah, It's like they hacked it. They figured it out. Yeah. And like, I know from the kids' point of view. So, like, look, I don't know how real this is. There's a guy I play ball with named Patrick Krauss. And to me, it always seemed like Patrick Krauss's dad just had, like, the true adoration of his children. Yeah. And, like, it seemed to me like Patrick Krauss, if given an option to hang out with any dude on the planet, would pick his dad. Yeah. And I was like, man that was it that's the thing like if if somehow that magically happens like that's that's the guy whose life looks the most fulfilling
1: it's funny you say that because so me and annie went to um, charleston and we saw the Avitt brothers down there in charleston this past weekend and there was this husband and wife behind us and they're two grown Daughters. Their daughters are probably in their at least twenties, probably in their thirties. And this guy's, you know, he's having drinks with his daughters. He's singing fifty to sixty percent of the Avett Brothers songs. And I'm like, we we, we both left, and I me mean, and you're like, that's what we that's what we hope for. We hope like our kids will still want to come to an Avett Brothers. Con- Maybe I don't know. They'll be pretty old, but. You know, go to a concert of their interest, our interest when they're in their 30s. They won't be too cool to hang out with us. We'll be the first ones they think of, you know, like that would you're right. That's like the ticket, man. Right. Like to stretch well, the that timeline
0: out a little bit. Well, in the weird hurdle, you have to jump there is like you never actually get to become like their best friend until way later. Like, right. particularly in our day and age, like maybe there was a time when like the the masculine rituals happened when you were fourteen, yep. or like you went to war when you were eighteen, you came back. It's like okay, we're both men now. Yeah. Like I don't think you really get to quit being dad in our day and age until your son's like thirty, like till he's had <laughs> his own kids and is like yeah. paying a mortgage. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So it's not even like you get to just transition into. It's a truly unique relationship That like you can't really compare it to anything else Nope So Yeah that's probably it for me I don't know We'll see if I'm right or wrong in a couple decades Well yeah Ho- You know, hopefully,
1: on, hopefully we're both there hanging out with our kids At a row 24 Take 34 Or whatever it'll be
0: Yep Check in with us on looks like we're lost 527
1: Yeah we'll be there
0: Still there definitely be doing a weekly there, cadence. There
1: definitely won't be a new medium by that point.
0: <laughs> no chance. All <laughs> audio. <laughs> yeah, hang out with us in the metaverse. Yeah. Uh, recommendations? What do you got? Recommendations,
1: man. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna just say, lean into the holidays. Just mm. lean into them. Let it let it be what it is. And uh, we have our Christmas tree up, and I'm already transitioned over to jazz Christmas music because I'm tired of the classics. (laughs) Uh, But I'll come back to the classics. But, you know, it is a real, just an awesome time of, you know, time of reflection. Make make it what it is for you and your family. But short and sweet. Lean into the the holidays. They're kicking off this week and make them the best.
0: I am not going to override that recommendation, but I'm going to add a post-holiday addendum. I think that, while this has always been obvious, I've recently had reason to put extra emphasis on it. If there is anything in your life or any person in your life that causes you to lie to yourself or others about what you're up to, who you're hanging out with, who you actually are when they're not around... Um, and maybe, maybe that's not a person. Maybe you lie to the person because you know, they'll disapprove of a relationship you have with, you know, a substance, another individual, anything like that. The holidays tend to bubble some of these things up. Yeah. I don't think you need to solve it during the holiday, but just take a mental note. And afterwards, put a plan into action to resolve that thing. I don't think there's any greater origin of stress, anxiety, and shame than the lies we continuously carry out. And just don't let that exist. So, I, I don't know. I'll have to find a simple way to truncate that in the show notes. But I like it. Yeah, get that out of there. All right, man. Episode forty four. It's been a blast
1: book. for a year and we'll just keep going.
0: Yeah, man. Forty four five star episodes. Except that one that might not have been
1: five stars. There was one where we were a little off. We were just getting our, our sea legs back under us, weren't we? A couple it was weeks ago. It's like off. in the
0: early thirties. Yeah. yeah. Just, like, just like just
1: like our early thirties. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey dad. Yeah, it was it was actually performance art.
1: Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, it was a t- it was a it was a time piece is what it was. It's really what it was. So anyway. Right, well, dude, happy Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving man. Thanksgiving. Yeah, dude. Yep. Enjoy safe Talk travels you later, where you man. go. All right, homie. See ya, man.